The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Bianca Andrescu is a Canadian tennis player who in 2019 became the first teenager since 2004 to win a Grand Slam title. She was looking to build on that breakthrough year, but in 2020, tennis, along with the rest of the world, was put on hold for the pandemic. Now though, she's back competing and is already thinking about the possibility of taking home the Olympic title to Canada. Nick McCarvel spoke to her ahead the French Open. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel podcast. podcast. All right, Bianca, first off, great to see you and give us a little update. I mean, you had a great run in Miami. You've been back on the tour in 2021, but how are you feeling these last few weeks? Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster this last year. Um, but I'm feeling really good right now, despite all the challenges I went through for me in the sense where I didn't play any tennis whatsoever I didn't ever expect for me to ever take like a full year off tennis ever so that was something getting used to um, super different but I was able to do many other things like spend time with my family um with my friends sometimes when it was possible. Um, got a lot of good training in when it was possible. <laughs> I got a good preseason as well uh, before Australia in um, Dubai, which was great. Um, but then Australia was so-and-so. Like my first round was pretty decent. I was super happy with that win after being off for so long. It was such a relief to just be back out there on one of the biggest stages in tennis was so really cool. And um, well, I mean, second round was one of the biggest. First round, yeah. Um, but I uh, really enjoyed my time there despite the quarantine as well. Um, but then I also took some time off cause I was just gone from home for way too long which I think really helped because it showed that I was doing really well in Miami and yeah and then COVID again it's just all over the place but I'm super happy that now like I'm good and I'm ready to go. You know we're going to talk about this in a minute but do you feel like some of the mental strength and the practices that you've done in the past pre-COVID do you feel like it's helped you maybe in a different way these past 14, 15 months that have been, it's been so challenging for everyone, right? It definitely taught me patience. And I mean, I've said this a lot, like my patience isn't always there, but these times are really helping improve that. Like, I mean, the confinement is just absolutely painful. <laughs> like just being in your room alone, um, not being able to play tennis, like that's, that's super tough, but um, that's the world we live in right now. And um, I know I did the best I could to be as safe as possible. Um, I'm super healthy. Like I did not get affected at all um, by it. So I'm super happy about that. And also my team were good. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I learned a lot through those times, but all I can say is I'm ready to go now and hopefully all those tough times will really help me in my matches. Let's rewind a little bit. 2018, which I know is a time that you've talked about a lot. And then obviously when you had your breakthrough and winning the U.S. Open the way that you did in the following year, in 2019, coming out of the top 150, you were playing challengers, you were playing on the ITF circuit. I think a lot of people were maybe quote unquote surprised by the way that you broke through. But what were some of the elements of you and who you are as a person and as a tennis player that you felt gave you that chance to do Indian Wells, Toronto, US Open. And not that you weren't phased by it, but that you were able to kind of see the moment and arrive to the moment. It was unexpected, like 100% unexpected. Um, all I can really say about that time was I had an amazing preseason. Uh, I remember I didn't lose one set nor match um, during that whole period I think it was like two months but I was just feeling super super good and I mean I was just going out there with no expectations um kind of as the underdog and just taking everyone by storm and even now that I'm at the top I try to go out with kind of that same mentality um obviously knowing that I am where I am now versus back then, but just going out there and having fun, not really expecting much and just doing my best. And that's what I did in 2018. And that's what I want to continue doing. And that's really helped a lot. And the confidence too, of just winning like back-to-back matches, tournaments definitely helped me raise the trophy at the U S open. Cause a lot of it is confidence as well. Can you look back at 2019 and, and believe it happened now? I mean, it was all such a whirlwind and I was I witnessed a lot of it sort of like being at these different tournaments, but for you to actually do it, are you kind of like, wait, that's my life? Yeah, I'd say sometimes I wake up or in different circumstances, I'll be like, wow, like this is actually a thing. Like this is my life now. I enjoy it. I adore it so, so much. Um, but when people say, oh, your life is so perfect all the time, blah, 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 that's not true. Like, there's so much that goes into it, so much stress as well. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm very, very lucky. I was looking at the stat. You're something like 24 and 6 the last couple of years in three set matches. And I feel like you, as a person, you, like, love being... 4-4 four, four in the third set, you know, 30-all, whatever the score is. What is it about you that loves to be in those scenarios? And then what do you feel like brings out Bianca's best when your back is against the wall? Yeah, uh, I definitely strive under pressure. Like, even back in the day, I just, I loved it. And... um I remember my coaches would put me in scenarios during practice where I had to be under pressure and like I had to um, have my back against the wall in order to come back and push and still win. So that obviously helps um, me right now because of all that practice I had. But even before, I really had that um, sense of just desire of continuing and never never giving up 
always fighting and it definitely shows um but i don't really know like what it is and why it's like that because sometimes uh i let myself get to that point i don't know it's kind of unconscious i'm obviously trying to work on that because my body is not gonna hold up like if i'm always playing three sets for sure but yeah it's just an unconscious thing sometimes but i'm obviously trying to get rid of that You've talked about, obviously, in the past, you know, the meditation, the visualization and how it served you so well. Where where are you with it now? And is it, you know, I, I kind of can I compare it to like therapy? Like, are, are you on this journey of figuring out new things or do you kind of do like the same thing every day and you know what works and you don't change it? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that also helps me a lot when I am under pressure because I'm able to get back into the present moment because that's mainly why I use meditation uh, as a tool and visualization. It's another thing, but they all go together. Um, I have to be honest, though. It's hard to keep the same schedule every single day. So don't get me wrong. Like I meditate as much as I can, but sometimes like I'll miss a day or two. Um, cause you also have to put your mind at rest, not only your body, but your mind. And, um, I've figured out a schedule that helps me best on when to meditate, when to take breaks and all of that. But, um, like for everyday thing, I like to use the word mindful meditation. And that could include, Uh, Like when you're eating, I try not to be on my phone or watch TV. Like that's kind of like another source of meditation for me. It's just being in the present moment, Uh, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future. That's human nature, human tendencies. But um, if you can really just center yourself as much as you can, especially under times of stress, it's a huge tool and it's helped me so much. Speaking of that mindfulness and visualization, have you visualized yourself in Tokyo at the Olympics? And if so, what do you see? Yeah, of course. It's been, man, like five or six years since I've been uh, dreaming of this moment. Uh, It's going to be incredible. I'm super, super pumped. I'm going to be playing for not only myself but it's like this whole team around me i'm never only playing for myself obviously but it's just like a different atmosphere you have so many canadian athletes and you just feel at home and you feel like this big family because you know tennis is an individual sport it's a little bit different it's kind of like fed cup and i absolutely love that so yeah maybe i'll be holding that gold medal do you think about that? Like, do you picture a gold medal around you? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, I think I do. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about uh, the Andrescu household. And did you guys watch the Olympics at all growing up? And if so, what are your you know young memories of watching the Olympics? Well, my parents told me when uh, they were watching Nadia Comaneci. She's Romanian. Um, but they remember watching her win a gold medal. She was only like 16 years old. Um, that was like super, super incredible. And I actually got the chance to meet her. Um, and also Wayne Gretzky. I was able to meet him, watching him 
um, throughout his whole career as much as I could. I mean, I'm only 21, but he's truly an inspiration. Um, and what Daniel Nestor was able to do as well for the doubles was super, super incredible. So for me to envision myself in their position is like crazy and have my name under theirs is a dream. And just actually like just being at the Olympics is an accomplishment of itself. Yeah, everyone wants to win the gold medal, but really just being there is like you've made it basically. Um, it's going to be a busy summer, right? You've got the French Open, Wimbledon, uh, you know, obviously the US Open is looming, but Tokyo comes in the middle. How do you and your team make sure that you're bringing your best tennis and that you're keeping your body as healthy as you can? Yeah, I've been gone already for quite a bit. Um, but I mean, that's the game. I'm trying my best to take time off um, either one or two days a week just so I stay fresh. And I guess not playing Madrid and Rome because I like to see the bright side in things could possibly be a benefit of me not being burnt out per se, like for Tokyo or for the hardcore season, you know, uh, it's not going to be easy. I'm here for it though. <laughs> I'm trying to picture what other summer Olympic sport that you would like excel at. Have you tried to picture that in the past? Summer Olympic sport. Oh God. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I think this, but I think you'd be really good at water polo. That's one of the hardest things to do. I could barely swim like two laps without having to catch my breath. Penny Oleksiak is like one of my inspirations. Like what she does is incredible. Um, sometimes I'll work out in the pool and I'm, I'm thinking of her. I'm like, how do you do that? It's amazing. Um, but she says the same thing about me. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, but I always pictured myself as a skater because I used to skate when I was younger and I loved it. Um, but then tennis came along. I enjoyed tennis a bit more and this and that. But if I had to choose like another sport, it would be skating, like figure skating. Wow. Okay. I love, I love that. Do you have a favorite figure, figure skater? I didn't know this about you. Um, I wouldn't say I have a favorite figure skater, but um, I'm trying to think of her name. She's Canadian. Oh my God. Joni Michelle. Yes. <laughs> she's incredible and she's so beautiful. And what she's done for Canada is incredible. Um, and I've watched her many, many times, um, but definitely figure skating. It's a beautiful sport. Actually, speaking of Joni, and I think you also mentioned the water polo player, but like in the last couple of years, as, as you've become one of Canada's top female athletes, one of Canada's top athletes, what are some of the like inspirations and um, conversations you've had with other female athletes about women's tennis is in such a great position, but I think you've probably obviously gotten to meet so many people and drawn inspiration from them from other sports too. Um, due to COVID, I didn't have that many opportunities actually, because 2019 was my first full year on tour. And that's kind of when a lot of people started hearing about me, wanted to 
be more interested and whatnot. Um, but I did become very close with Penny Alexiak um, over 2019 season. Uh, we went to a basketball game together and um, it's just super nice to have someone legit my age, her birthday is three days before mine, um, be at that level playing for Canada. It's incredible. Um, and then, like I said, I was able to meet Wayne Gretzky as well. One time when I was in California back in 2019, incredible person. And same thing, like what he's accomplished for Canada is awesome. And just to have my name with all of these people is an accomplishment of its own. So I'm very excited for me. Okay, I have to ask you how your dog Coco is because I don't think you're seeing her as much these days. Yeah, I know. She's great. My mom's sending me pictures of her almost every single day. Um, I tried to keep my fans updated as well a little bit, posting Coco, because I know they really love her. Um, she got a really bad haircut, though, one day. Um, I can actually post it on social media, but oh my god, her hair finally grew. So happy about that, but yeah. <laughs> That's one little event that happened. <laughs> hey, thank you. Best of luck in Strasbourg, but best of luck in Paris. Bye. Thanks. Nice seeing you. See you later. Olympic Channel Podcast. Big thanks to Bianca. She's on Instagram as Bianca Adrescu with an underscore at the end. Nick is on Twitter, just as Nick McCarvel. We are simply the Olympics across all social media too. That's it for now. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian.